Hey friend, how's it going? How's your week? Oh, it's good. Let's just get into it here. All right. So we're going to be starting these conversations off with some fun little segments before we dive into kind of like the heavy stuff because we're going to be able to lighten this conversation up just a little. So we're going to start. This was, this is something you guys do as your family. Is it nightly at dinner? Yeah. So we do it at dinner time. It's called Peaches and Pits. And we talk about the worst part about our day. And then we finish with the best part about our day. That way we're just kind of reminiscing about the whole day, but then making sure that we're giving equal weight to the bad and the good. Love it. Love it. I would really love to be a fly on the wall for Caroline's part of this. (laughs) Is hers the most entertaining? Because I feel like it has to be. Yeah. For the most (laughs) part. Yeah. She has a hard time really discerning time. Right. And so like sometimes she'll say on Sundays, I'm so glad that Nora spent the night. Right. Nora spent the night last week. Right. (laughs) So that can be a bit confusing, but we all just kind of follow along. Right. Right. Not in agreement. Yes. Yes. All right. So is it peaches and pits or pits and peaches then? We call it peaches and pits. But you do it in the reverse order. But we do it in the reverse (laughs) order because that's just kind of how we roll. All right. Go for it. All right. So my pits for the last week was my computer is on the fritz. Mm. And I cannot open a Google document to save my life and that is on my very small mobile device, which is a really big pain in the butt for both this podcast and because I'm a working mom. But then my teacher... Very convenient for 2023. Yes. 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 I'm sorry. I can't open Google Docs. Sorry. And then my peaches was that we had friends and family over this weekend mm. and we are the hostess with the mostess yes. and we love entertaining. And so that was our, that's your little peach for the week. Yeah. I would say my pits is whatever this like shoulder situation is that I have going on. I mean, 35 year old shoulder, 35, almost 36. Maybe that's its problem. It's um, like coming up on 36 here in a few months. And it was like, I've got to remind you. <laughs> The coming of age. <laughs> you are officially like leaving your mid thirties yes. and and moving on in life. I don't know. I really probably what it was. I didn't I don't think I warmed up properly after a week of being sick last week. And I just like hit my workout and did something. And so I've had like this very limited range of motion in random spots and very painful. Yeah. So that's been a that's terrible. It's been a huge bummer. <laughs> Not being able to take your coat off without wincing, but still being able to pick up your toddler. Um, and I would say my peaches has been planning this beach vacation. So did I tell you? Ooh, did I tell you no. about this vacation? Wait, maybe the one where we got drunk and just invited ourselves. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. okay. So for listeners. We, my husband and I are friends with these neighbors. We live in a neighborhood. There's not a lot of um, younger families. A younger family moved in. We became fast friends. All is great. We go over, we play cards. Um, usually we don't drink a ton, but for whatever reason, <laughs> this night, oh, because when I showed up, Sam was like, I have already been drinking. So she was like, you need to right, right, right. catch up. And um I don't know. Usually I just, yeah, I was usually like, you know, by now I've got better, better judgment than that, but I was lacking that night. So anyway, we got super drunk somehow at some point she starts talking about this, um, Airbnb that they're renting down in Florida, which I went there last summer with a friend and yes. I, I've been dying to go with the whole family. And I just invited us on their vacation. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, can we come? And she's like, yes. <laughs> and we just like looked at our husbands and they were like, I don't okay. care. And, and then we were like, yeah. And so we've got it all booked and we're staying like Ooh. in this fancy little, like, I shouldn't say little, it's like this really big beach house. And I don't know. We've it's never done. So fun. Yeah. It's, We've never done anything like this before. This is like a big, a big vacation for us. Nice. So, <laughs> It'll be so fun. It is going to be very fun. And so I've been like swimsuit shopping and, mm. you know. I'm not there yet. All the- <laughs> I was looking for more at the leisure today at TJ Maxx. So. <laughs> still, still hibernating. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> that's, that's fair. All right. So that's our peaches and our pets. 
the next section, we've got to like figure out some transitions here, yeah. but it's our first episode. And so we're just going to jump gonna, over. Yeah. We're going to roll with it. And we've got another section called Spitfire Shenanigans. So brought together by our daughters. Yes. They have been besties since literally like infant yeah. hood. Infant. Infanthood? Is that a thing? I don't Infancy. know. Infancy. Infancy. That is a word. That is it. That we both know. Yes. <laughs> uh, so back in baby, baby room A, baby A, mm-hmm. they, because they're close in age, they're about a month apart. And so have been together growing up and they're like carbon copies. I think sometimes it is shocking to me when we talk about their behaviors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even tonight when we were at dance class and I I relayed the story about how Nora lost it over having to fold her clothes. And you're like, oh my God, Caroline's the same way. But like, just why? Why? And it's so strange to me that it's always the same exact things. It's like, It's like their spirit got separated and like just put into yeah. two separate bodies 100%. and somehow have like found them way, yes. found their way back. But also that's a whole lot of personality to fit into one relationship. It really so that, is. Like, regularly shocks me <laughs> yes. that like all of that can Fits fit into, into one. Hair. It does. It does. Yeah. It will be, I'm genuinely fascinated. I love, I love their little relationship. So anyway, there are these two little spitfires and they're not doormats. They do not take shit. <laughs> From nobody, from including nobody. their mothers, <laughs> including us. I tell myself often, I'm like, Nora, someday we'll run a company. Until then, she will just run me. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's going to be our life. Um, so Spitfire Shenanigans, little story is about their friendship and their the hilarity that yes. it is. So I feel like our first episode deserves a throwback to the baby the baby, baby a, a. <laughs> baby a days <laughs> that's baby a is the room that all the newborn babies go to they're the non-crawlers they're the non-crawlers right? is yes. that it well non-walkers I mean, they're non-walkers <laughs> they're non-walkers caroline was crawling <laughs> when she gained her reputation of the binky bandit she didn't want their binkies she just right. didn't want them to have their binkies and so once she was mobile she would crawl around the room and climb into each <laughs> jumper that the baby was sitting in and just, and just take, take their binkies from them which like a giant <laughs> jerk. <laughs> it, it makes zero sense. <laughs> was she a binky? Did she have a binky herself? Had she, she been weaned or something? And was no, that her like issue? She had a binky. Like, she was oh, using her binky while, oh, stealing, while stealing everybody else's. Everybody else's. Yeah. How very, like... Um, aristocratic ever her wasn't there that <laughs> wasn't there that saying where it's like um like all for me none for thee or something like something that like, like that, I'm sure that's what that reminds me of yes I I feel like they've outgrown that slightly I think there's still a tendency to be like there's a touch of it <laughs> there, there's a, never really gonna go away <laughs> like it's the difference between a thumbprint and a palm print <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I mean Nora wasn't far behind she had the queen bee reputation in baby a she was the queen bee of baby a and i remember it was jessica who was like the teacher when we first went into that room and so you know at our daycare they have these little crews and the kids kind of stay together and they move from room to room so they're always with like this little crew for the first five years of their lives until they go to kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> and there were two, two little boys. And then there were like these few girls. So there's a group of like six or seven. And the boys, as soon as they became like mobile, became very like physical. And that was not something we're on board with. I would say she's generally still not yeah, no, she's on not. board with like being wrestled or um, approached in any way <laughs> um, that she has not previously greenlighted. Yes. Yeah. So that was, I remember one day I dropped her off and I don't know if maybe I was just, maybe I was just missing like write-ups at the time or something. Um I got so many of them from Hudson from the preschool room that maybe I just ignored Doris. <laughs> yeah, I just I was like, oh no, on Norris Capitas. Um, but apparently like there was some 
she learned to stand up for herself very quickly. And so I dropped her off one day and like, um, everybody came over and they're like, Nora. And she holds out her hand and Jessica goes, (laughs) Oh yes, she is the queen bee. Um, the boys know not to touch her because she does not find that acceptable. (laughs) And so she shut that shit down real quick and I'm, it lasted for the rest of the time Until now. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Although she does have a crush. (gasps) So maybe, maybe she would like, but it's on a fourth grade boy. Fourth grade? Yes. Have I not told you? No, I have not. I have not told you about Joe. Oh my gosh. Commonly spelled J-O-W at our house. (laughs) I mean, it only makes sense. (laughs) Spelling is atrocious. Yeah. Um, That's because English is atrocious. (laughs) That's that's fair. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, so Joe is a fourth grade boy who her, so her and Talia share this crush. Okay. We're not, so Talia is another little kid from their crew. Yes. Anyway, um, they ended up in the same kindergarten class and they both share this crush. And I asked, so Carmen pointed it out to me when I picked her up from after school one day, she was like, have you checked out the whiteboard? Whiteboard, and it's all <laughs> like, I love Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe I love Joe. Joe, 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 Joe. Joe. <laughs> Everywhere is Joe. J O W. Oh boy, not how his name is spelled. No. Um, and so I was like, "Oh, Nora, tell me about Joe." And she goes, uh, "I said, is he a kid in your class?" And she goes, "No, he's in fourth grade." So she volunteered that tidbit. Then I go, "Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, where did you meet a fourth grader?" Because. So it was like, cause it's not her buddy, right? It's right. not, they get paired with like an older kid who yeah. comes and like reads to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, she has an older girl. So I was like, where did you meet Joe? And I go, does he ride the van with you after school? And she goes, no. And I was like, oh, okay. So like, do you see him out at recess? And in my head, I'm like, in what world would kindergarten and fourth fourth grade have recess together? And she's like, no, we just see him in the lunchroom. And I was like, oh, okay. And I've been, I've been to the lunchroom and like, you don't get to choose where you sit. It's not like the old days. Like you file in and the order that you file in, in is the order that you sit down at your table. So like we have hot lunch and cold lunch problems in the mornings with mm. like, well, I have to have cold lunch today because so-and-so is having cold lunch and we can't sit together. Oh, I don't thank have cold God lunch. We don't have, oh my God. Thank it's, God we don't have that. It's exhausting. Um, so Joe, it, she sees him in the lunchroom and I was like, oh, okay. So did he like help you or something? Like, was he nice to you? Like, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, you must have had some yeah, you must have had some interaction <laughs> with him. And she goes, no. And I was like, okay, so Joe's not nice. I was like, so do you just like the way he looks? (laughs) Because how how do you get here? And she goes, no. Like, that's the weirdest thing for me to throw out. And I was like, so to be clear, like, you don't ride the van with Joe. You don't play with Joe. Joe has never helped you. Joe has never talked to you but you don't like the way he looks because that would be absurd. <laughs> but he's your boyfriend. But he's your boyfriend. Cool. So then she like, I forget how she explains it. Essentially it amounts to she thinks he's cute. Okay. And so that's how we arrived at uh, our love interest. And Joe. Joe. So Caroline's in a love triangle. Yes. Yes. So there is a little boy in her class. Mm-hmm. We'll call him L. And he has a mad crush on Caroline. And Aww. she regularly talks about a boy named Shavi. Right. And she loves Shavi. She <laughs> she loves everything about Shavi. <laughs> and so a couple of weeks ago on the playground, she was telling me the story about how Lincoln kissed her, the top of her hand like Ooh, a princess. Wow. And then he tried to kiss her on the lips. And she quickly turned her, <laughs> her face. That's very bold. It is bold. <laughs> And so we got her on the cheek and I oh. said, Oh, she friend zoned him. Yeah. A hundred percent. Girlfriend's not afraid to friend zone. <laughs> um, so then I asked her, well, what did Shavi think of that? And she goes, Shavi thinks I'm gross. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. So, Care to elaborate on that? Yeah. yeah. So oh. Caroline has a crush on Shavi. Mm. He doesn't have a crush on her. <laughs> 
But then she's completely friends of Lincoln, so Aww. I don't know what we're going to do. Poor Lincoln. I know. <laughs> don't invite them to the birthday party. No. It gets no. awkward quickly. Yes, it would. It would. Oh, goodness. Okay. So, Spitfire shenanigans. Clearly the need for another transition here that we will work that out. we will figure out at some point. We'll get this in in... I'm not going to promise for the next episode. Yeah, no. But we'll figure it out. We will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So given that this is a conversation that's a little bit heavy sometimes, and also a lot of the conversation that happens kind of out in the wild, whether it's on TikTok or, you know, on like in reels and things like that, it tends to kind of poo-poo and shit on your husband's a little. Right. Like some of them, some of the things are funny. It's sort of that, like, it's funny because it's true. Right. But then I see a lot that are just kind of like shitting on your husband. And that's kind of something that I don't, we want to be very intentional as we move forward in this podcast that we might use examples of our lives, but it's not meant to like keep score. It's not meant to like perpetuate this trope of like, Oh, silly dads. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can barely tie your shoes. How do you raise kids? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, <laughs> not where we want to land. So in order to, I think also help remind us too, sometimes as we totally. have this conversation that we do have really loving supportive partners, we've got partner praise. We've yes. got a lot of alliteration here. Yes. Yes. We've got praise. peaches and pits. We have spitfire shenanigans and we've got partners in praise. Yes. So Partners in praise. I'm going to say, I'm going to give a shout out to my husband this weekend. We sort of got thrown in. We joined a competitive baseball team at the sort of the last minute. It seems like a super reasonable. <laughs> it really does. Um, and I, okay, to be fair, you know, as non-sports people, I didn't know that competitive baseball season was spring deal and not a <laughs> summer thing. So in my head, when they reached out and they were like, hey, practice has started. Were you guys interested? I was like, well, motherfucker, wow. like I <laughs> was not ready for this. <laughs> we did not stagger our sports appropriately. Um so anyway, we kind of, and like the why is, all, I feel like it always sort of comes together at the last minute. Yes, it um, does. Because bless those volunteer coaches. Um, Me. Yeah. <laughs> not a thing that I can, not a thing that I could do. Um, so it kind of all comes together as they get their assignments and mm-hmm. like, it's it's like playing telephone. Um, yes. So everything sort of came together and we are sitting at the soccer game for Nora when we get a text message that baseball practice is actually going to start 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I will give a shout out. Normally that sort of probably would have sent us into like a tailspin. Right. Um, but we did a great job of like keeping it together. And he was really great about being like, we're going to go grab our stuff. We've got our baseball things already loaded. Like yes. we are off to the races and you got them like to practice. By twelve thirty, despite On the time. fact, yes, despite <laughs> the fact that we were sitting at a soccer game and we got notified. Right, right. No, that's 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 awesome. Yeah. So with my husband this weekend, like I was saying, hostess with the most of us. Mm-hmm. We absolutely love having people over and having the kids as friends over. We love being that house, mm-hmm. and he just always does a really great job of like seeing where the gap is. And so like, for example, this weekend we had some friends over and one of the girls is a little bit older than my crew and she really wanted to do some water painting. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like her mom told me that she was interested in doing this before Mm -hmm. she came over. So I had all my stuff ready to go. And naturally all other eight children were like, we want to paint. Can't let you have nice things. Okay. (laughs) And so we got out the kid paint and we all sat in a big circle in the driveway. So my house didn't get covered in paint. And so I'm leading this like. This is art class. Yes, this art class. Who the participants ranged in age from three (laughs) to 14. So you can imagine where my brain was. It wasn't. It just wasn't there. Because I'm trying to keep the three-year-old from painting her forehead while also reminding the 14-year-old that how great of a job she's doing and that mess-ups are really just opportunities and all of that stuff. So while that chaos is happening, Jesse's like, oh, 
it's almost six o'clock. Somebody should probably start supper. So without saying anything, he just went inside, made sure (laughs) that we had all of the things, changed out our water cups since they were naturally filthy, and then started supper. Nice. That's perfect. Very helpful. Yeah. I did not know you painted. I do. Not well. (laughs) I don't either. But no, I really didn't know you painted. Yeah. Do you watercolor? I do a little bit of everything. I just really love creative outlets. Like Mm. I am a big energy person. And so I like to put my energy into creative outlets. Mm -hmm. And so I love to embroider. But I'm just learning so much about you right now. Tell me more. My arthritis hands. So I have an autoimmune disease um, and it affects all of my joints. And so embroidery does get a little bit difficult, but when I'm feeling good, I love to embroider. I just actually finished um, a six inch hoop and it says, um, I'm a delicate fucking flower nice. and it's covered <laughs> in like vintage floral florals. It's for my sister. Um, but yeah, I love like painting and journaling oh, and drawing. That's why I didn't have to like work too hard to get you to do this. When exactly. I like threw it out. Exactly. It was like, what like creative you? outlets. I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I really did think I was going to have to be like, here are all the great reasons why you should participate with me. No. Instead she texted me while I was recovering from spine surgery and was like, Hey, you don't need to answer now, but here's my idea. <laughs> And within, uh, after I came down from my Vicodin, I was like, yes, let's yes. do this. <laughs> oh, it makes me feel good that it was after the Vicodin. Yes, it was. I it didn't was. just catch you. You didn't just catch me in a good moment. <laughs> and then you're like, well, no, I'm committed. <laughs> nah, nah. All right. So what we want to explore for this first episode, which I think is probably the most apropos for kind of kicking this off, is really what the mental load is because I know I have struggled to like explain this in the past. Absolutely. And I think it's just something that's really, you kind of have this idea of like, mm-hmm. it's all the stuff in the things right. like we said in the intro episode. And, but really there's so many facets yes. to the stuff in the things. And so when we talk about the mental load, what we're talking about is all of the invisible work that has to keep, has to be done to keep our daily lives going. And right? the lives of those who rely and on us to the, live. The people in our household, right? <laughs> so that is cognitive and emotional needs. And right. so this is something that, again, like, I, it was kind of this light bulb moment as I was piecing this all together Mm -hmm. and thinking, I was like, oh yes, there's just so many. So the cognitive piece of it, which I think is what we think of the most Mm -hmm. is it involves the thinking of all of the like practical stuff, like the logistics of getting us out the door to go to the zoo on a Saturday morning yes. or going to school or getting to dance yeah. class or sports or yeah. what it's making sure that we're on time too. Yes. All of the, like, let me, let me start with where we need to be and, and walk myself walk backwards. Myself back. yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like it's a, it's a gigantic project and the emotional labor. And this is the part that I think is is probably some of the most exhausting, but it's the hardest to put your finger on because it involves like managing and regulating everyone's feelings. And so this is something that I find myself doing a lot in Mm -hmm. our household. When I think about like the request comes across my desk on, you know, Saturday at seven, can we go to the zoo this afternoon or this morning? And it's thinking through like, okay, not just logistically, what do we need? Water bottles, sunscreen, blah, 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 all the stuff in the things, but like going through and saying like, okay, if I choose not to bring snacks, like who's going to feel what about that? Yeah. Including my husband. And then like, how does that impact? So if I, if I go with, if I go with the bold play of no snacks and then I say, we're not buying the expensive shit snacks. Right. What like how long do we have That's at the zoo? Sentence. That is what a death. That is. No one would ever do that. <laughs> I would never. I would never show up at the zoo without snacks, or at least I can really go on a car ride without snacks. Right, right. And daycare is a seven minute drive. Right. <laughs> like, I have to snack to like bring myself up to my <laughs> up to my kids' level just to pick them up. 
Um, so it's that, it's that emotional regulation. It's thinking mm-hmm. through how everyone, including my partner is going to feel about this. Yes. Like, is it going to be annoying? Is it going to be exciting? Like all of the things. And that to me is what like, mm-hmm. as somebody I gen- generally think of myself as like pretty empathetic, mm-hmm. like I tend to absorb. Spongy. Yes, yes. I like absorb all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like, I am feeling five people's emotions at one time. And that's the part that is draining. And then having to figure out, okay, how am I going to like get all the kids there and then get my husband there as well? Yes. So that we can all have a good time. Right. Whereas I don't know that that's something that like, you know, like, he'll have really great ideas. Like on the weekends, he'll be like, let's go to the farmer's market and mm-hmm. then go to the Jean Leahy mall and like, and do all the things bum around and like, we're off. Right. Like, you know, yeah. there's not, and like, and if somebody like talks shit, he's like, Oh, do you want to stay home by yourself? Like, right. I don't care. <laughs> like this isn't up for negotiation. Right, right. Like we're doing something fun and you can either think it's fun or you or, can be a shit the whole time. And right. then we can all be miserable. Whereas I feel like we tend to think we, of it a little bit yeah, more nuanced. Absolutely. Because I mean, one like bad emotion, just like yes. us, we are sponges, but so are our children. Like mm-hmm. example tonight, <laughs> Caroline was in a fantastic mood. Yes, she came going in so to great. She came in happy. She was raring to go. However, Nora <laughs> fell asleep on the way to dance. And so Nora was a grump. And so mm-hmm. when I entered in after Caroline, to less find, than a minute later, because yes, I was stuck in the parking lot from hell could be the pits, <laughs> pits of my week is yes. the parking lot at dance practice on Monday. Nights. Oh, bless, bless it. But yes, I walked in and Caroline's struggling with her shoes and, and I'm just like, what? what happened? This is not, this is not how I left not you. But then I saw Nora's face and I was like, Oh yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Yep. In Spreading so some good vibes. we're not only sponges, but we're also like constantly reeling ourselves out of all of this yes. good energy and vibes. And yes. so that way they can soak that up and have a, have a great time. Have a great time. Have a great time. And so I think that part to me is what is really draining But as I was kind of like researching this and picking apart what the mental load is, it came down to like these four components. There's the anticipating the needs. That's all those logistical things. Mm -hmm. And it is, then it's finding the solutions to meet them, um, which very, well, I'll save this point for a second. And then there's the making decisions part. Mm -hmm. So we've like anticipated the need. We have identified several solutions and thought through all of the (laughs) consequences, um, all of the consequences. Now we need to make a decision. And then we monitor the progress afterwards. Yes. So how did it actually pan out? Did everybody like enjoy the way that I thought they were going to did, um, were the snacks appropriate? appropriate? (laughs) Did I bring too many or too little? (laughs) I mean, well received, that's a crap shoe on any given day, but it's that monitoring progress. And so a lot of times men and women kind of both equally spend the same amount of time, like in the middle two sections, right? Like discussing the solutions and making the decisions. Like once it's brought to the attention of your partner, then it's generally like, oh yeah, like definitely we are missing, hey, we're missing um, football and baseball gear. It turns out that like the like secondhand helmet we got doesn't have the mouth guard. So like we got to go, we got to go get that. And we have to have it for practice in a couple of days. And so like, once it's identified, then it's like, okay, yep, we're going to go do this. We'll go do this. And we make the decisions together and we're off to the races, but it's those other two steps. It's kind of, you know, it's the anticipation and then the monitoring mm-hmm. of the progress and like sort of the like, lessons learned that you sort yeah. of like go through in Absolutely. your head where you're like, well, <laughs> that didn't work or mm-hmm. that went really well, or I would do it this way or that way. Um, and then like checking in to see like, how did everybody feel about it? Yeah. What, how would we, you know, 
how would we rate your experience with us today <laughs> as parents? Um, like an emotional hotel. <laughs> right, right. But even thinking about like, okay, even if we don't check in, even if we say like, hey, we're going to let, um, you know, like we did, hey, we're going to let you go out Hudson for two sports, which we have never done before, but mm-hmm. you've been begging. Even just that like monitoring of like, is this too much? Does he seem like stressed out or overwhelmed or run down, you know, like too tired. Is this like too much? Is his body like not getting the recovery? You know, it's thinking through like that stuff Yeah, that, you know, that kind of sandwiches the, the part that we share that really kind of like soaks up all of the energy and really just makes it difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. That's, it's very similar situations for us where, I feel like I'm con it's like a, like a risk analysis almost Mm -hmm. like when you're making the decisions, you're like, okay, but Jess and I can do that risk analysis together. Mm -hmm. But then once that's all said and done with, then he's like, okay, we're done. (laughs) We're done. Like we, we made the decision. We decided we're going to the zoo. Yes. We've decided we're going to the zoo and I am making sure that we're not going in the middle of nap time and Warren's going to lose his dang mind Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. It is that monitoring is what exhausts me to my core. Yes. I, do you ever feel like if you just let go of that a little, like, I don't want to say care less about it because I hate that. I hate being told to care less about it. Um, because I think that's an, I think I should be invested in like the way my family feels about the things. That's a very, very fair thing. Um, but when it comes to like, I don't know, do you ever just, do you ever just wing it? Do you ever go, fuck it. We're just going to the zoo in the oh, middle of Warren's yeah. nap time and we're just going to write out these consequences. Yes. But then do you ever feel like you have to prep everyone? Cause I know like I find, especially like Willa and Warren not being that far apart. Um, I am constantly reminding like she's two, mm-hmm. she's two. So when we're at the zoo and she's like having a meltdown because she hasn't napped or she right. stayed up too late or whatever, like I then have to sort of like regulate again. It goes back to like goes regulating back to regulate everybody, everybody around and being like, okay, let's just making sure that they're not soaking up too much of Willow. Right. 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 Hey, it's Caitlin here with a quick break in the real talk to shout out some of me and Angie's favorite places and people. We don't actually have show sponsors or paid advertisers for the mental load, but we have a bunch of support from like-minded mom-owned businesses that we want you to know about, as well as some of our favorite programs and products we think you might like. Hey, it's Caitlin. In November of 22, I started working with Marcus at Thriving Lives Fitness. After three kids, I just wanted my clothes to fit better, and I wanted to feel confident in my own skin. What I love about working with Marcus is that he treats me as a whole person. He doesn't just give me meal plans and workouts to follow each week. He asks about things like my stress, my digestion, and my sleep, all things that impact my fitness. Yes, my clothes fit better after a few months of working with him because I've certainly lost weight, but more importantly, I feel like I've created a healthy lifestyle that can support my family and I long-term. I do earn affiliate commission when you sign up with Marcus, but as you know, we don't have paid sponsors. I do earn affiliate commission when you sign up with Marcus, but as you know, we don't have paid sponsors or advertisers for the mental load. So this is a very special recommendation because I truly and genuinely love working with him and recommending him because his program is legit. So if you are ready to make a change in your life and fitness, I cannot recommend Marcus at Thriving Lives Fitness enough. If you're a mama in the Papillion area looking for childcare, Angie and I both love Our House Children's Learning Center. It's where our Spitfire little daughters became besties, so it holds a special place in our heart. All of our kids have gone there, and we love it because the teachers foster a fun learning environment with a homey, family-style feel. 
I like that the teachers know my kids and can give me a full rundown at the end of the day and that they support and mirror things that we're working on at home. It makes childcare feel like an extension of our families. Plus, it's high quality, affordable childcare. Schedule a visit by reaching out on Facebook at Our House Children's Learning Center. So, all of that being said, there are a lot of serious consequences that this has on women. And I know, and we've talked about this before, even in our own um, kind of what happens to us. So, first and foremost, it's women's health. And this is something I think has gotten a lot of attention since COVID. Absolutely. Because women started reporting in like vast increases that their, their mental and physical health was like taking, it was, it was awful. Yeah. Um, you know, I forget the statistics on it, but I feel like it was astronomical. Mm -hmm. It was like over 40% or 60% or something like that, where women were like, I feel like I'm suffering from depression, anxiety, heart palpitations. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then like the physical ramifications of like, I'm not sleeping. I am running myself ragged. I'm burnt out. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of these things. There's so much that comes from it just on the mental side of things, which always ends up impacting you physically. physically. Yeah. And then, and, and I know that's been true for both of us in our experience. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like I, I, so I have like, I'm on a super low dose of anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. I've always sort of been like prone to that kind of behavior though. Um, but it didn't really like escalate until after I had kids. Um, and if they could have been like a little less traumatic as newborns, um, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that would have helped. And I would have been able to like, you know, um, just, you Keep know, cope a little, longer. cope a little bit better yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. Um, you know, but that wasn't, so I didn't start that. Ironically, somehow I made it through all of COVID with a newborn, um, Without like, it wasn't until I stopped breastfeeding Willa at a year and a half that all of a sudden it was like huh. the like tools and the coping and all of the therapy and all the things. Right. It didn't work anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't anymore. you know. It just hmm. part of me wonders if like because I had Willa at the beginning of COVID, right. if like that those hormones sort of like sustained yeah. me through the worst of COVID. <laughs> And then, like, my body was like, she can't. Handle she this. can't handle it. She, just you know, home. yeah. Somehow, you know, I don't know. Like, it compensated or I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but it's never uh, outside of that. You know, it has kind of it did man- manifest itself in sort of like this like constant nausea for a solid year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have. L- I don't want to say lucked out, but I feel like mine has been relatively like minimal when it comes to the impact on like my physical physical health. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a little bit more complicated with, I have a couple of different autoimmune conditions. And so right at, not right at the start of COVID. I mean, I, I would say that I was like reasonably anxious, Mm. um, as I think the rest of us Everybody was, um, but it was a, the 2021, the summer of 2021, that really mm. like threw me over the edge where they were relaxing COVID restrictions. Yeah. And yeah. I have a semi-medically fragile child. And so that sent me into a, a complete and utter mm-hmm. tailspin. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a huge advocate of talk therapy. I've been doing talk therapy with the same therapist for the last nine years. She's amazing. And I love her. Um, but all of those kind of skills right. that I had with her and seeing her, we bumped it up to weekly instead of every other. And we've gone down to monthly before. I just couldn't, I couldn't get it under control. I was having yeah. heart palpitations. I was having, um, I, I mean, I just basically stopped sleeping, which was. Um, <laughs> which just like adds a whole nother layer. Whole of, nother layer of stuff. I mean, it, like it's, sleep is literally like a yeah. biological need. And then when it's, when it's brought on by, it just is this yeah. like vicious cycle. cycle. Yeah. It feeds itself. Yes. And yeah. my autoimmune conditions are 
are triggered by lack of sleep. And so Perfect. it was like, yeah. So like I was feeling like shit all the time, but I was constantly anxious about everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's when I sought out help for, um, from a psychiatrist to actually get me settled into a pain or not pain. Well, I also, <laughs> I also saw my rheumatologist who helped me with my pain. Levels. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, who was able to help me get a combination sure. of anxiety and depression meds that really like, and I really do feel like I have it have all it, under control. Yeah. We were able to get my sleep more regulated and that certainly comes and goes, but I think that that's, yes. maybe I think also that's kind of a woman thing in general mm-hmm. is sleep disruption. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I didn't sleep through the night. I think this is why I was sort of reluctant to, um, get like, to start trying for Willa. (laughs) It's because, it's because I was like, I just started sleeping through the night. I mean, like Hudson and Nora were not good sleepers. Um, we had, Hudson had just started sleeping through the night when we moved here. And then obviously the move like threw him off. Um, and, and then shortly after that, we went on a trip and then it was like, I swear he did not sleep through the night from a year and a half to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it was, and Nora was not quite that bad, but I do remember like at one point sort of like losing my mind and being like, we are not having a third child because I was like, I was up five times last night just, and it was literally just ushering kids back to their bedroom. (laughs) But I was like, you know, five times in the seven hours that I'm asleep is really not. Yeah. I was like, it is not sufficient sleeping, you know, and thank God Willa was a great sleeper. I, I really do think that like we were just, she was just like the best baby. She ate like a champ. She started sleeping through the night at four days old. Like it's because she was born during COVID. She was like, I really don't have a lot of options. Truly, I have to be perfect. Truly. Or they will get rid of me. (laughs) Truly. I think God was like, we're going to make her real calm because again, I don't think that lady can handle it. She will lose her ever loving mind if she's not sleeping and it's COVID. Um, but that, I mean, that was a big sleep is like such a big factor. And I feel like that is sort of like when this, I think like the mental load started before we had kids just slightly. I mean, we were married for a few years before we had Hudson. We were only, we weren't even married a year before we got pregnant with Charlotte. Oh really? Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that was fast. We, so Eric was deployed. I mean, he was the first three years of our marriage. He was gone. He was gone. A lot. So (laughs) that wasn't even happening. Um, but so we like kind of, and I remember having like some spotty arguments over Mm -hmm. like housework and stuff. Totally. I think I remember like very vividly standing like at the top of our stairs in our old house, um, our little like split level. And I was yelling at him about how our house didn't have magical fairies that followed him <laughs> around and cleaned up after him. I was like, I am the fairy. I am the fairy. Um, Get you some wings. Yes. God, that would have made it at least a little better. Um, <laughs> but you know, so I know we had those conversations a little bit, but it just never felt like it didn't feel like a daily thing. No. And then it was like, I think we, it wasn't necessarily the first night we brought Hudson home, but I think it was like within like the first week I was like, Oh, Oh, oh. there's so much here for me to do and to figure out. Right. And like, I remember sitting up at 4am because Hudson just wanted to be loved and like snuggled and held. Mm-hmm. And as a first time mom, you're like, I clearly you can't like, just I put can't. this baby down. I like, do you know, yeah, you're like, I am stuck, you know? So like between yeah. like, you know, feeding him and then like, just trying to like, you know, get your bearings. I remember like sitting up at 4am, like watching VH1, which I didn't even know was still, you could still watch. Yeah. But when you're up at 4am, you learn those things when you've been up all night We didn't have the luxury of cable when Charlotte was born. Oh, yes. So I just had to (laughs) rewatch Netflix. (laughs) And it was an infancy. I feel like we still had DVR when we had Hudson. I don't even know if we were on the Netflix train yet. Yeah, we were on the Netflix train when they mailed you the DVD. Oh, yeah. So were we. Okay. It just wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, 
I digress. Um, but I remember like sitting there and like, I feel like I, like my eyes were probably twitching and I just remember being like that motherfucker sitting upstairs, just sleeping, just, just sleeping. Yeah. Has no idea, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And that felt like for me that like, and then like when he had to go to work back to work so quickly, yeah. You know, after like two weeks, he's like, well, I've got to go back to work. And you're like, well, obviously. So right. now I'm go- Now I'm definitely taking on all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like through any like fault of his own. Right. Absolutely. I think even that night that I was sitting there, I think like he was within days of going back. So mm-hmm. it was sort of like, okay, I'm going to try to like try get to on a schedule. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to get on his schedule so he can kind of go back to work as a semi-human. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be on my own. And that felt like when it started, like yes. it just collided and then like within two weeks I was like oh, oh cool it's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I was I feel like for me it was the second and maybe it was because Fiona was born premature mm. and Charlotte was still so young but like I felt like that first year we had little like conversations here and there but right, I right. only went I w- went back to work when Charlotte was six months old, but we were both restaurant managers. And so our schedule was already weird. So it was just kind of like, everything was too weird Mm -hmm. to be normal. And so like, I just accepted the weird. Sure. And so did he. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, cleaning your kitchen at 4am because that's when you got home from work. It's it's not normal. Right. But it was normal for us. But after Fiona was born, she was born six weeks early and Charlotte's 18 months old at home, mm. can't come to the NICU, can't, because she's right. not potty trained. Right. Jesse has to go to, back to work 72 hours oh after I gave birth. Yeah. Because he had to split his nine days of parental leave. Right. Between her birth and her coming home from the NICU. And so it was suddenly within 72 hours, I'm yeah. still wearing pads the size of airplanes. Right. And I'm having in my my love for children is split physically in two different places. Yes. I'm feeling all of this mom guilt all while Jesse's feeling the guilt of bringing home the bacon to pay for this. Right. The NICU bill that you know is coming. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was in that moment that I was like, how am I supposed to do this? Because Charlotte's at home. She still needs a home that is like functional. Right. Right. Even though she's having family like help because he's back to work as a restaurant manager. So the hours. Not ideal. Not, not family friendly. I immediately quit my job (laughs) when Fiona was born. Um, But yeah. And so it was this like, okay, I'm splitting my time between the NICU. I'm basically doing a split schedule. I'm not Mm. getting any sleep. I'm pumping every three hours on the clock. And I have to feed both my kids, one mm-hmm. from my body, <laughs> one from my refrigerator. Right. Somebody has to go grocery shopping. Yeah. As a restaurant manager, he's working 60 hours a week. Right. Easily. Right. And so it was like this whole, like, I feel like with Charlotte, I lost the Angie identity. Mm. But with adding Fiona, that's when like this whole mental load just really came crashing down yeah. on me. Yeah. And that's when I started talk therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Second child Thank for, for throwing me into that. Yeah. That's, and I think it's, I don't think that's like an uncommon experience, no, you know? Not. And, and I remember like when I was pregnant with Nora and we were sitting out on our back patio, like eating dinner. And I, I mean, I was very pregnant and like, it was getting close. And I remember saying something about how I was worried about adding the second one in. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, you know, I was like, I'm worried about our relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about like my relationship with Hudson, you know, like normal things when you're like about to add on another child. Cause I honest, I don't think it ever, like I went through it with Willa mm-hmm. every time you go like, right. I think the difference is you just understand after you do it the first time that you are capable of doing it. And so you'll figure it out. Um, and I remember like, I remember saying it and I was like, sort of worked up and Eric was like, I'm not worried about that at all. 
And he was just like cool as a cucumber about it. <laughs> it was just like, he was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, I guess it's just me then. But, but it's that, it's, it's that. Cause then we're set with like, are we, are we overthinking it? Do I don't we think have too much skin in the game, you know, like right. it comes to that. But I think, and I think what I know now being able to like reflect back on it, right. I was running through like, okay, here's what I do every morning to get Hudson out the door, to get him to daycare. Here's yes. what I, here's what I do to bring everything to daycare. And I was just in my head, I was like, I was multiplying, multiplying. the mental load that in all of the work that I was going to have to do. And I'm going back to like, okay, well now I'm going to have to like, I'm going to be pumping at work. So I'm going to have to like wash those parts every mm-hmm. single night and pack them because like, God forbid I get to work and realize that I That's- left a piece at home and I'm going to have to go home. And then I have to like stay later to make up that time. Like, because I was hourly, you know, mm-hmm. so all of right. this like stuff. And I, but I just didn't have, like, I didn't even know how to articulate all of the, like, all of the, the overwhelm. Stuff. Yeah. I didn't know how to, like, go down my checklist of things and be like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> help me. This is going to be hard, you know? Right, right. And then I just felt like I had to figure it out. Because yeah. I was like, okay, well, if you're not worried, maybe I shouldn't be. Yeah. But also, but also, I feel people still have to get to daycare and work on time. I still have to pump breast milk. You know, things still have to happen. And so, speaking of work, I think that is that is another big component of like an area that is really impacted by the by the mental load by women becoming moms. I think I read a statistic recently that when a woman has a baby, her earnings go down 4% per child. Oh, dang. <laughs> I'm out like 20%. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and I work for a nonprofit now. <laughs> but when a man has a child, his percentage goes up, and I think it was almost into the double digits, if not in the double digits for every child that he has. Which is ironic because I did way more work to (laughs) get our kids here. (laughs) Eric always says that he contributed 50%. I'm like, 50% of 1%. Yes. yes. I was like, 50% of 1%. I love that. (laughs) The most fun part, you contributed 50%. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did all the work. (laughs) I made the human. Yes. I am a superwoman. Yes. (laughs) So I thought, I think that is that is another component that we're going to be exploring a lot is just the impact at work, not just on earnings, but on the way that women are perceived. I remember when I came back after having Hudson, I was struggling to like go back to work Mm -hmm. in general. I think as all women do to some degree, to some degree, I was probably feeling it more so than like, I feel like mine was probably a little bit more mm-hmm. extreme, just kind of based on my, on a scale of one to 10, how I would rate my dread. It was well above 10. Um, so I was struggling, but there was right. like, not, it, we were not at a point where like I could be a stay at home mom and I get back to the office and I was going on a trip through work. And it was like a real, I mean, it was like a, it was like a bonus trip, like kind of a sales trip that, and so I wanted to be like super grateful for the opportunity. Um, but I was like dying that within a month of going back to work, I was going to be leaving my newborn child. And I remember like, um, my boss at the time like pulled me in and was like, so now that you have kids and basically it was like, here are all of the ways that you need to behave differently so that like nobody thinks that you can't do your job because, and I think like she meant it very well intentioned, right? but I was like, so what I hear you saying is that like you would pick your kids up from daycare and you'd come back to the office to like work extra to like stay ahead or you'd come in on the weekends with your kids and just let them play. And I was, I was immediately struck by like, and 
you know, I sort of like stripped out and I was like, so basically what you're saying is now that I'm a mom, people are going to be paying closer attention to like how I spend my time and like how many days I have to take off because my kids are sick or I'm sick or, you know, we all got sick in a row. Right. And, you know, so now I am, I am playing by this like new set of rules, which is completely bullshit. Right. Right. So it was, it was very interesting. Like the perception of like women in, in the workplace, like it was very clear. And I I felt bad, like listening to her outline her experiences because Mm -hmm. I'm like, that really sucks. I was like, I'm not going to be doing that. I can tell you right now, like, you know, I was like, I am still entry level. So I guess I don't care if I move up in the world. Right. (laughs) That isn't what happened or how it happened. But you know, I was like, it, it made me sad for her to like, be like, oh, so that's how you like spent your kids' childhood is right. like more concerned with like trying to keep up with the good old boys yeah. than like just enjoying. It's the impression that yeah. you work like you don't have kids and you are with your kids like you don't, don't work. have a job. Right. Like it's 100%. impossible. 100%. And just like with my scenario with Fiona, like I was, we were crashed in the situation of an early baby and some, and a toddler who couldn't even talk Mm. at home. And so what did I do? I quit. Right. Jesse and I have the same position. Yeah. But I quit. Right. Because that's. Yeah. What else are you, I mean. What else were we going to do? Was he going to. You're going to manage the restaurant while you're you're just going to greet tables. Yeah. And like, you're like, how's everything going? Well, you've got like. Fancy wearable breast pumps. So you're just holding them on, walking around. Walking around with my hands-free bra. (laughs) Just wanted to check in and see how uh, John over here is doing tonight. Is he doing an okay (laughs) job for you? Don't mind this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Highlighter nipples. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> don't worry they're not as scary as they look no no <laughs> so that like all of that kind of culminates then too in this other aspect that we're going to be exploring which is the economic impact of it because the gender wage gap literally exists because women bear children yes so that is um, I will, I'll have to find this and I'll have to post it. It was this like animated graphic by this local company called open comp that mm-hmm. basically like works to help create, um, to like close the gender wage gap. Very cool. And it, it was like this startling statistic of like the 17 cents more that a man gets paid per hour. Like if you invested that at the beginning of your career, so if both a man and a woman invested their like it was just that 17 cents. So if a man invested that 17 cents, how it grew and, you know, basically like it is this like giant, like off the charts. I mean, like he's making millions more and then the women are still just like down there stagnant, like slowly just chilling, chilling, maybe getting a little bump here or there. It was, it was fascinating. And the thing about, it's not just about the the wage gap. I don't feel like no. the the economic impact when women are not participating in higher paying positions when they're not participating in leadership, leadership posi- position, positions. Um, you think about like our government, all, like and especially lately, there's been tons of headlines of like. CEO, women CEOs who are stepping down and saying like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just not willing to participate in this anymore. I'm going to take the money I've earned and I'm just, I'm going to go do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, lack of diversity and in all sorts of positions, whether it's public or private sector, right. Just continues to keep this going right yeah. it keeps this system in place because at the end of the day like white men benefit the most from the nine to five yes like you know I, I also read something I think just today where it was like the only person who wants to go back to the office are like white men yes you know like everybody else is like no I I am no. totally happy working from home absolutely and, and we're more and, productive and I'm out. yes yes a hundred percent it is so much better. So the economic impact of women beyond the wage gap is something that we'll talk about quite a bit more. And then, 
you know, kind of dovetailing into that idea that you're seeing all of these high powered women step down and say like, this isn't for me anymore mm-hmm. is because it impacts our relationships. It impacts our relationships with our husbands. It impacts our kids, our friendships. And I think most importantly, it impacts like our relationship with ourselves. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. You know, not just those external relationships, but like, yeah, you lose yourself, you, you lose yourself. And I feel like it was, it was not, I don't know if I want, I mean, to a certain extent, yes, I feel like I lost myself and then kind of, I became aware. I like tipped over into this point of like self awareness through this like journey that I've been on over the past year where it was like, not only did I feel like I had lost myself, but then suddenly I became very aware of the fact that I felt like I wasn't reaching my own potential. Yes. I I'm helping my kids and I'm supporting my husband. And I have always been like, you know, try to be like encouraging and supportive Sometimes I need some convincing because he's much, he is much more like entrepreneurial at heart than I am. So sometimes I need some convincing to get, but I try to be like, go like, yes, go do the things that you want to do, like explore those parts of you. And then suddenly I like tipped into this awareness where I was like, oh, it turns out that I feel like I am have limited myself and like there's, I have so much potential, but on a daily basis, I basically just like manage a household. You have potential, but no bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. like, that's what I constantly feel like. Yeah. Like I feel like I could be a better human if I could do these things, right. and explore these areas. Right. But like, that's not worth my kids. Yeah. Feeling, some, yeah. feeling like they have zero connection with me or my husband feeling like he has zero connection yeah. with me. Yeah. And so it's like this constant, weighing of it's the emotional it goes back to the emotional regulation right because I worry about are my kids gonna feel like I spent too much time you know typing up notes for this podcast on my laptop versus like making eye contact Mm -hmm. with them or at least trying to in between them like watching the (laughs) sentence four or three or whatever it is I'm showing you their twisty trick six times (laughs) right right you're like one time was not yeah. All right. Got Six it. more times. Here we go. Got it. Would love to see that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it goes back to, but I don't think like, obviously I don't expect our kids to have, right. you know, some awareness of like how I'm feeling. That's not their job, No. but it's hard when you like look at your partner and you go, okay, I'm, I just am genuinely curious. I don't mean this in a mean way because I know you think about me often and you tell me that you think about me often You get text messages and I, you know, like I get all these things, but like, do you feel fulfilled? Like, Mm -hmm. do you ever wonder if I feel, you know, like it's just that genuine, like curiousness of like, do you have the same level of awareness that I do about this? Or is this just a me thing? (laughs) It's just, it's just, this is what I think about at 3 a.m. Like if they're able to be our sponge where mm. they can ring in and ring out mm-hmm. the emotions mm-hmm. or if that's like, if they're capable of that, if they want to be capable of that. Right. Right. They have a desire to. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I want to say that they like do, they do, want they to. do want to. I just don't know if it, again, it's that awareness right. that you like tip in and out of where it's. I think it's, it's tricky, but it like, so it all, all of these things kind of culminate because they all sort of feed into each other, right? This is, this is the problem (laughs) when you have women who feel unfulfilled personally, who can't progress in their careers, who can't participate economically, um, who are raising kids who see this imbalance Mm -hmm. or like learn those roles, it perpetuates, it keeps all of the systems in place. It's like, you know, it's, it's like one of those toy towers where like you build it by sort of like leaning and creating pressure. Like it's not, it's not stacked nice and neat. Like it all is sort of like leaning and it's sort of like precariously put together 
and they all sort of feed each other. Mm-hmm. And like, once you put that last piece into place, you can't take it out. Like it's locked in. Yeah, and so stuck. like, you know, you've got to really work to like dismantle mm-hmm. every part of the system sort of simultaneously to make any kind of progress. That sounds hard. <laughs> it, does sound, it does sound hard. Good for us. We signed ourselves up for it. We so did. lucky us. But I think... I think, you know, to, to kind of put a bow on this, to we want there to be like sort of this macro and micro view of it. I want, I want people to be able to listen. I want women, I want moms to be able to listen and say, okay, I feel like there's something actionable I can do today. I can, I, you gave me a good line or you gave me a good tool mm-hmm. to maybe start in my household, right? right. Um, but at the same time, recognize that we also have the responsibility to kind of lift each other up and help change the system for everybody's Everyone. benefits. And there's, there is much to be gained from this from dads as well, right? Mm-hmm. There are closer connections with their spouses, with their kids. There is more to it than just saying like, I want to make this better for women. Yeah. Our children and our husbands have a lot to gain from it as well. Absolutely. Because we're a family unit. And so like, if one of us isn't healthy, then the rest of us aren't. Right. Right. So it's going to be fun. I feel like we've got a lot of great, great conversations teed up. So we're going to be here every other week starting in May and we may, we're going to see how it goes. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe if this takes off and, (laughs) and people love it and they want more of it, maybe we can bump it up to weekly but the the every other week right now, I think, feels sustainable for right. us. Like, that was important to us going into this project to say, how can we make this, as two moms that are very busy, yes. sustainable? So that's kind of where we're going to start. So if as you're listening and if you like what we're doing, share it, talk about it, hit that subscribe button. That's extremely helpful for us. And if you want to hear more, if you think this is a conversation that needs to be had more often, um, I would say like, leave us a comment. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even set up social media channels. No, we sure didn't. We, but I mean, I kind of didn't want to at first. Right. <laughs> um, you could email you us. Could email us. <laughs> you could email I'll, I'll say this. I'll put my email in the, in the chat. Make sure you put podcast in the title. Cause I'm horrible at checking my email. Oh, I'm, I'm a freak about checking my okay, email. Okay. I'm going to put Angie's so email. email. I'm going to put Angie's email. I can't stand notifications. Oh, I, I read my notification as I come in and then I consider that good enough. Oh yeah. No, I don't actually go look at the email. No, like I will stop. I will stop anything to Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to know that now. I told gonna, you action items. Yes. Well, but now I feel bad sending you things in the middle of the work day. No, I don't need to. <laughs> All right. Angie's email in the show notes. If you want to hear more, if you have ideas about how this conversation can be more inclusive, how we can, any topics that you want us to explore, those are the things that we want to hear. So we plan to do an initial run of 14, 13 or 14 shows kind mm-hmm. of every other week and sort of gauge where we're at and go from there. Yeah. And hopefully people love it and this becomes like a thing. I would love it to be a thing. If I, not, we're just going to keep having these conversations. <laughs> and we'll just be publishing them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll just get recordings of us uh, drinking margaritas on yes. Friday night. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Bye, friend. Bye.